You are now listening to FemRegard Podcast with Tessa Markle and Carolina Alvarez. Mmm. Fem. Hey, Fem Happy fam. birthday oh. to you. I didn't tell you I was going to do that. Happy birthday to you. Okay. Oh, my God. My voice. Happy birthday to our guest. Dear Charlotte. Atkinson. I think I said it right. Happy birthday to you. And um, money more. <laughs> Yes. Oh my gosh, guys. Welcome to another fabulous episode. Guys, we're obsessed with this episode. Um, We are serving you uh, the producing side of things today uh, Mm -hmm. on, you know, your filmmaker's journey. We have our guest, Charlotte Atkinson, um, better known as Charlotte Produces. So you can look her up easily on social, on her website, all of that. Um, who is a producer and productivity strategist who helps underdeveloped filmmakers become insanely productive so they can finally get around to creating their films, which yes. I mean, that's the hardest part. <laughs> that is the hardest part. Like you can sit there and write scripts till your I was gonna say write scripts to your blue that doesn't make sense right till your hand in the face that's a saying that's a saying you know (laughs) we do love our sayings and not quite exactly knowing how they go or what they mean um (laughs) which is hilarious because if you guys have been listening for a while you know throwing spaghetti on the wall is one of our favorites and that is brought up in this episode Mm. with charlotte so i mean we're not the only ones who say it But we are super excited to have her on um, the show today to talk about these things from the producer perspective. But she really isn't it. It you it really helps any creative out there. It's not mm-hmm. about the creative trying to be necessarily a producer, but really help you get through your creative development blocks or your writer blocks or just the whole project in general and gets you she the way she says things really helps you come back to you as a human being you as a filmmaker you as what are you trying to make out in this world because that's what people are going to care about at the end of the day is you and Mm -hmm. your films are just a product of that so I think she she this episode guys get your pens and and paper out because you'll be able to take some really good notes and Um, it's a really great way to start the year. So there's just, a- I think also her coaching is like as close as you're going to get to getting answers, to getting yes. to do steps, to getting, you know, a, a linear path because that doesn't exist in this career. Unfortunately, everybody's path is different. There is no one answer, but her process and the way that she coaches filmmakers is it's making it as simple as you can. Like it's as close as you're going to get to just getting those answers you need, you know? And I 1000% it works. <laughs> agree. Like Tessa and I, we've, we've like, we've talked about this on the show so many times about, we've been to so many classes and networking things that talk about how to get your film made and do this and that. But in our conversation with Charlotte today, you can really we could really tell that she is helping you get those answers because, mm-hmm. you know, it isn't one clear road that we go down. But to what Tessa's point, I, I couldn't agree more. I feel like she's someone that really gets you the answer that you're looking for. And and that is a game changer. So, guys, if after this episode um, you want to hire her, we totally recommend. There's some new things coming out too in the future with what she's offering. So stick around to the end of the episode to hear where you can 
find her and what kind of things that she's doing currently, but know there's going to be more. And when you do find her on Instagram, go wish her a happy birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday, (laughs) Charlotte. So without further ado, guys, please enjoy this episode with Charlotte Atkinson. So thank you so much, Charlotte, for coming on today. And we're really excited to talk to you about how you really kind of, um, I don't know if streamlined is the right word, but you really highlight, you know, how to be a good producer, how to turn your filmmaking into a career, how to be productive and efficient with all of it. And that's what me and Carolina do. Like, that's what we love. So we're excited to hear how you share that with other filmmakers. So if you just kind of want to give our listeners a little background of, you know, you as a filmmaker and how you kind of got to this point where you're sharing your talents with other filmmakers. Oh, thank you. I'm so pleased to be here and to chat with you both. This is one of my favorite podcasts because a lot of them are very like hustle culture and it's with more like the male filmmakers where it's like, go out and grab your camera and da 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 da. And you guys are very chilled and thought through and like, it's not that serious. We know it means a lot to you, but don't throw yourself in and try and rush your way through it for the sake of getting stuff done so I'm very excited to be here chatting with you thank you oh we're so (laughs) delighted to hear that it's it's refreshing that other people can relate or want to relate to us in that way and yeah yeah no and as you we're just so excited to talk to another producer too like literally like oh my gosh she kind of gets it and then I hope our our listeners too even if producing hasn't become their thing that they can understand why it's important to have a producer's mindset or understand mm-hmm. it but I, I I recommend anyone kind of tap into that you're just going to be better at you know, directing or writing, you know, it's, it's so, so helpful. So yeah, tell us how you fell into producing and why you felt like it was your number one calling card. Yeah, I mean, I love that phrase fell into it, because for years, I trained in theatre and stage management, which is kind of the equivalent of first AD. Mm. And I thought I was, you know, I love the paperwork. And everyone looks at me like I've just said I have three heads when I say (laughs) that I love the paperwork. And I'm like, it's fine. It's chill. I'll do it for you. Don't worry. Um, But the thing about first ADing was that you don't get to create any of your own projects. You Mm. just jump from other people's projects and so on and so on and I didn't really like the idea that you're constantly supporting someone else's vision without ever really leaning into your own Mm -hmm. and so when I did the BFI Academy we had one of the exec producers from the King's Speech come in and he literally explained the nuts and bolts of producing and up until that point it was a total mystery what producers did I couldn't fathom what they did, what their role was, how they were involved, when they got involved, none of it. And so during that- It's hard to Google too, by the way. Like there's all different kinds of producers. I've tried because, you know, I'm like, (laughs) is this what I should call myself? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not the easiest thing to, yeah, like put into- Break down and, and label, I guess. Yeah. And that was, I think, one of the things that he really highlighted was so much variety in the role. And as he was Mm. explaining it, I was like, oh, this is my thing. Cool. I've waited my whole life for this. I've been very like a work obsessed child. I was the (laughs) nine year old who planned out my entire career. Like I was that weirdo. (laughs) And so getting that feeling of like, oh, this is my thing was the best feeling in the world because I was like, okay, now I know what it is I really want to do. I can put everything into it. 
And so I just started marketing myself online as a producer and I knew the basics, but other than the BFI Academy part-time course that I was doing, I had no real experience in producing. I could Mm -hmm. project manage because I've been doing that all through school, but that was kind of it as a producer. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you say that you're a producer, all the writers and directors will come out of the woodwork and start sending you stuff. And so <laughs> within a few weeks of joining a couple of job sites and saying, I'm a producer and this is what I do, I had a writer director reach out to me and say, hey, I've got this tiny 1,000 pound short film. It's like three pages. I want to get back into filmmaking. I need a producer just to manage the project. Will you do it? And I said, okay. I didn't know what a release form was at that point. Like, oh that's God. the level I was working with. And I just said, okay, cool. I mean, you just decided to really tackle this on. So, of yeah. course. It like, was very, It was very small scale, so it was never going to be disastrous. And I was still on the academy, so it meant that I could just go to my mentor and be like, so we want to film on the tube. What What do I do to do this? <laughs> yeah. all of this stuff? How do I figure this out? Okay, yeah. cool. And, um, yeah, I scheduled it. I budgeted it. I got paid for it, which is amazing for your first film. Mm-hmm. And oh, wow. I actually bought my, like the first phone I bought was with the money I got from producing that film. And so. Oh, so she felt she, good. She was like, yeah, okay, so cha-ching. Like, I've made it. <laughs> serious, <laughs> serious filmmaker here. And then as part of the Academy, you make a short film as well. So I had two credits as a producer in the space of like a month and a half. Mm-hmm. And once you have two credits as anything, you can kind of get on with the job. I feel like getting your first credit is the worst part. That's where you get all of the rejections, you get all of the doors slammed in your face. And then as soon as you've got two credits, people are like, cool, are you free? Have you done like this particular skill before? Great, let's go. Mm-hmm. And so that's, you know, where I was. And I've been producing for six years now. And I started coaching four years ago when I noticed that the issues that I was having in terms of consistently making films, Mm -hmm. everyone else was having as well. Mm -hmm. So it's grown from there. (laughs) Love that. Uh, And that's the thing is like, you know, a a lot of times we feel kind of alone in this career because you hear way more about people's success stories than you do about, you know, all the trials and tribulations leading up to it. So mm-hmm. we feel like we're the only ones going through this stuff, you know, when our friends are getting their films funded, but they're actually like just paying for it out of their trust fund or whatever, you know, the things that you don't hear. So it's it's nice to know like, hey, I'm not alone in this. Other people are having the same problem. Let's get together and talk about how we can fix it. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the biggest problem for people where they're looking at all these other people and going, well, what am I doing differently? Like, or what are they doing differently? And right. you end up trying to jump through it so many hoops that you can sometimes create for yourself because you think, well, they went to the BFI. Okay, I'll apply to the BFI as well. Or, you know, they worked with so-and-so and suddenly all of these other things happen or they got into this festival. And so I have to go into that festival and then the same things will happen for me. And the thing I love about this industry is there's never just one way of doing something. And so it's actually a really bad trap to fall into where you're trying to replicate someone else's success because guaranteed it won't work for you. Uh, Yeah, that is, I I guess. That's not the most optimistic thing to say. I was going to say it's, 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 that is what's really hard is there is no there is no one one path 
just like what you said. And that can make it really hard because then you keep questioning your trajectory. At least that's speaking for myself. Like, I'm always like, am I doing the right thing at this moment to get to X, Y, Z in in the future of where I want to be? And I think for myself, I found that you just have to keep trying things. And like, to your point, you need to try things that make sense to you, not just to replicate someone else's route like if it makes sense for your project and for you and it aligns and I think that's what's the hard thing is finding the alignment at times Mm -hmm. and then once you can like find that maybe that network of people that finally have like you've connected with it's like all these magical little connections that we have to like really put ourselves out there and just keep pursuing and that's kind of I think what's worked for me but Charlotte, please, you're our guest. What what do you think about like trying to find, you know, find your path? What what would you say is a first step for uh, someone who's fil- a filmmaker and and either wanting to pursue producing or just you know get their films made? It's a really good question. I think the answer is kind of twofold. The first is have some kind of clear idea of where you want to end up. Mm -hmm. I don't care if it changes in like three weeks time, but you've got to know where it is that you're trying to get to, because I'm always telling people that the filmmaker is way more important than the film. Mm -hmm. And we get stuck in this mindset of I've just got to make for this film. And I'm like, cool, but what about the next one? Like what's Mm going to happen after that? And you just go round and round in a cycle. Whereas because people will always get behind the filmmaker rather than getting behind the film, if they know what direction it is you're trying to go in and where you want to end up, it is so much easier for people to help you. And you will feel so much more confident in the steps that you're taking if you say, okay, I know I want to end up directing feature films. Mm -hmm. And I know that I want a balance of getting hired to direct other people's films as well as getting to create and direct my own. And just flesh it out as much as you're comfortable with, but you've got to know where it is you're going. Otherwise, it doesn't really matter how much work you're doing or how much money (laughs) you have or how much time you have to put into filmmaking. If you don't know where you're trying to push yourself to, then it's all a little bit in vain. So that's the first thing. The second thing is honestly forget about a path. Like we have this idea of make this film and then make the next film and then I'll be able to make the feature film or then I'll get more money or whatever it is. And it never works out like any kind of plan in the film industry guaranteed will not work out. That's one of the best things about producing is it teaches you to be that like overprotective mother. It's like, okay, these people may all die quick. Let's like, it's so, so unnecessary in terms of the planning. But, you know, when you're able to let go of the path and instead focus on more of the foundational pieces that you need in place in your career, that is so much more effective than trying to push yourself to make this film first and then we can make the next one and da 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 because you just never know. Like that mm-hmm. film that you're trying so hard to push to get made, it might just be the wrong time for it. And you never know in six to eight years, yeah. then it's that be the perfect time for that film. And you can either stick with pushing to try to get that film made and eight years later it will. Mm -hmm. Or you could say, okay, let's be more flexible with it. Okay, I want to make one film this year. Cool. Let's see who I can meet, what ideas I can create and go from there and just let yourself 
let go of the idea of path and just focus on that foundational level of what are you doing every single day without fail yeah that was a very long answer I do apologize no (laughs) that's fine I love that that was because tea girl it, it really is you know it's like we've already been saying like there is no one path there is no answer for everyone and it's so frustrating like I personally I'm pursuing acting above everything else so I've been in so many different acting classes where it's you know all the other actors are like well okay what what's what's the solution to this how do how do I do this and it's like there is no answer you know it's not that easy but if you're prepared if you have that foundation you're gonna figure it out you're gonna figure out what works for you but obviously that's not just acting you know it's producing it's filmmaking in general it's honestly probably any career that is like filmmaking where there is no linear path Yeah, I think that's the thing. I had such a set path when I um, first decided I wanted to switch from theatre to, well, TV originally. And my whole plan was to do an apprenticeship with the BBC down in Bristol. Mm -hmm. My best friend had just started uni in Bristol. Like I had a whole thing worked out. And then I got rejected in the first round. Like Mm -hmm. not even interview stage, not even like second round before Mm -hmm. the interview like full-on sent off the application three weeks later nope not in and my whole plan completely fell apart (laughs) I had no idea what to do I was like okay maybe if I do work experience with them then that'll be the kind of foot in the door to get the apprenticeship Mm -hmm. I got rejected for work experience (laughs) five times like this is what I mean about don't be so harsh with your plan you will lose so much time and energy and honestly positivity mm-hmm. if you're trying to force yourself into this plan that you've convinced yourself is going to work when there are so many other things that may work instead that you just haven't allowed yourself to consider yet yeah I mean it's all about being flexible and like you had mentioned earlier you know you could change your mind three weeks from now that's okay too you know you have to be flexible with how other people are going to affect your plan but also yourself I was, yeah, just going to reiterate to kind of sum that up. I think it is about having a plan because you should try your, and you should have a plan, but know to be flexible with it because Mm -hmm. maybe yourself will decide that that's not something you even want anymore. And B, you'll maybe learn other things along the way of trying to achieve those goals that will lead you to actually where you should be and want to be. So I think that's the beauty in failure um, and getting rejections because mm-hmm. sometimes it, it allows you to take moments to really consider, okay, do I keep trying for this? Do I, and if, if it's yes, okay, we're going to have to pivot. We're going to have to see another way to get in to, or, you know, get accepted into maybe another program. If that's what it is, we're getting a film made. Um, and then if it's no, you know what? It's it's been like a minute now. I am tired of doing this. I don't even know if I like this anymore. That's when it's like, all right, I'm gonna be forgiving of myself. I've done this so many times, y'all. Um, <laughs> and and be like, okay, you can still be her, but we can like pivot and make her into this other thing. And and then you start to like learn more about yourself. And that is the beauty of filmmaking. Yeah. <laughs> Becoming a filmmaker, I think, is how can I you're I feel like we're all artists at heart in some way or form. And um I'd love to get into like the left brain talk because yeah. I mm-hmm. feel like there is still a lot of creativity that gets um that you have to put into productivity and mm-hmm. And I would love to hear kind of your thoughts on that and maybe 
um, how you can help maybe talk to the creatives that are listening on the show that are like, oh, I hate paperwork. I hate producing. <laughs> but what about it? Like from us, it's like me putting together with Tessa our pitch package and proposal. There is so much creative effort that goes into that. And I kind of love it now. I'm like, I'm really pretty good at these little <laughs> Canva pitch proposals. Let me tell you. But I think it, a lot of time people think, oh, like they get so turned off by that, that they don't even try. And then it's like, you're missing an important piece to the filmmaking part, which is the producing. So yeah, yeah I, I just blabbed a little bit there, but would love to start with what your thoughts are on that kind of the left brain side and, and how you speak to filmmakers about it. Yeah, I love that question because I was always the weird creative kid growing up, like the one that would make you sit through dance shows for 45 oh minutes. Those. Me too. Yeah, that was yeah. me. Yes, holla. <laughs> and so, yeah, and I always, you know, I sucked at maths and physics and all of the science <sighs> subjects. And so the whole idea of being more of a left brain person didn't really occur to me until Girl, it was that producing masterclass. Same. And I'm like, oh, I've got both. Okay, perfect. And for me, you know, I really, people often ask, what do you actually do as a producer? And I always sum it up as understanding the vision of the creatives involved and creating the framework, you know, facilitating that project. Mm -hmm. And so it's about uh, really understanding the creativity and the creative vision behind it and saying, okay, what's the structure? What's the framework that needs to be in place for this to actually happen? And so... For me, when I was looking at projects and approaching it that way, I found exactly the same approach when I was working with coaching clients, when I was coaching filmmakers rather than just reading their scripts and putting together the call sheets and the fun stuff that I enjoy. And so I think <laughs> for anyone who's kind of overwhelmed by producing or just thinks it's going to be a complete headache and they don't even want to get involved with it, it's always worth understanding the general role of a producer but that doesn't mean you have to do it. It just means that you can learn from the ability to understand the vision and create the framework. It doesn't mean you have to go full on creating call sheets, right. but having that same almost analytical approach that I think is the way that you approach it with your creativity and the most focus that goes into my coaching clients is usually in their development system. This is one of the biggest foundational pieces you need. And all of them start with a very messy, disorganized, not even call it a process, kind of a <laughs> development process. They'll have an idea and they'll scribble down some notes and then they forget about it for three weeks and then they come back to it and they can't remember what the idea was. And it's a very like messy, messy process. Yeah. So one of the things that we do is literally break down like step by step. What do you do at every single stage of your project's life cycle? And it doesn't mean removing or reducing any of the creativity. It just means putting a framework in place. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the first thing that you do is the log line. And then if you're more of a writing person, you might do um, a brain dump. I have one client who calls it spaghetti stage because she literally <laughs> just writes everything down and sees what sticks. Yeah. Or if you're more visual, <laughs> then you might create more of a mood board and do a little bit of Pinterest searching, but literally just break it down step by step. And when you're able to look at things on that smaller overview is really mm -hmm. the best part I can give to it. I think that's the way that you can really harness the left brain energy without feeling like it's completely sucking your soul out. <laughs> yeah. 
I like that you gave like a few different examples too of like, you know, a mood board versus like, you know, however you want to organize it because yeah, everybody's different. Everybody does things differently. And like, we've talked about writing, like, you know, I was just going to say, yeah, yeah, it's like, are you supposed to do the outline? Are you supposed to make sure you hit all these sheets and blah, blah, blah. Like so for some people that is, that's exactly how they do it. And it works. And it's like a formula for other people. They can't even wrap their heads around it. They can't do it that way. They just got to get the words out on the page. So like, yeah, finding what works for you, whatever that is, it's still going to organize it for you. And that's the most important thing about it is like that way you have all of this organized, you have it laid out and you can create with it. Yeah. That's one of the best things is honestly the relief that you will have when you know what your development process is, because rather than spending time going, okay, where was that idea? What do I need to do next? Maybe it should be the beat sheet, but someone else said I should do this first. Mm-hmm. No, like as soon as you know, okay, this is steps one through to 12 or however long it is for you, you can say, okay, I know that project A is a treatment stake. So the next thing I need to do is the pitch deck. Whereas mm-hmm. project B is an outline stake. So the next thing I want to do is the character bio. And it means that every time you have time to sit down and do some development work or some creative work, you're not going to lose a single minute with wondering or worrying what it is you're meant to be doing Mm -hmm. because you literally have it laid out in front of you and you just get straight on with it. It's my favorite thing. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. That (laughs) That takes so much stress off. Yes. Yes. That is awesome, Charlotte. (laughs) I love that. I can see why (laughs) that really works because I do think as creatives, especially we get overwhelmed with all the thoughts, all mm-hmm. the visuals in our heads swirling half the time. And then you get like to, yeah, a point with, okay, crap, like what, what is it that I need to do to get this thing done and made? Mm-hmm. So I think that is huge. Um, organizing it like that. It just, yeah, it gets you right, right into work mode. Yeah, yeah exactly. I think one of the things we forget often as filmmakers is that as a filmmaker, you're only going to get busier. And so when you've currently got maybe one or two ideas on the go, as mean as it's going to sound, if you're feeling overwhelmed with just one or two ideas at the moment, that's a really big sign that you want to take just a little bit of time to focus on your development process because there's going to come a point where you're going to be in production on one idea, you're in post on another, you're in early pre-production on another, you're having meetings about four others. Like that's <laughs> going to be your life. If the, you know, if you want this to be your career, that's going to be your life. Mm-hmm. And so getting clear on exactly how it is that you work from the beginning, mm-hmm. that will save you so much stress later down the line. Yeah, I imagine too that that helps with writer's block because, you know, I know Carolina and I with the project we're currently working on sync, we've talked about that a lot, you know, where we'll agree that like we want to get, you know, this next version of the script or this scene figured out by this day or whatever, you know, and Carolina will come to me as she's the main writer of this that, you know, she'll be like, I just don't feel like I can sit down and write today. It's just nothing's coming. And I'm like, that's okay. You know, I, I would rather like take the time for your mental health, you know, take the time to relax, whatever, and then come back to it when you feel inspired. And I think that that's, you know, that's tough for a lot of people because it's, you're not, you don't feel like you're getting anything done, but, you know, especially if you do have this plan that it's like, okay, I know that this is at least my next step. Even if I don't feel inspired today, I know that's the next place to go. So I'm not worried about like, what do I even tackle next? Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I think especially when you can, almost schedule it a little bit it doesn't mean you have to be totally prescriptive but if you say okay every 
I mean, most of my clients tend to do Saturday mornings. They'll do like mm -hmm. four hours with breaks in between. Um, some of them like to do maybe like 20 or 30 minutes every single day. But when you have in your calendar development time marked out and you get that notification and you sit down at your laptop and you look through your slate, you look through all your projects, you can literally just pick what am I in the mood for? Mm -hmm. If it's something super quick, it might be writing or editing a quick synopsis and done and you take off development for the day and again it's that sense of relief knowing that you've done something productive mm -hmm. even if it's tiny and especially when we have so many other things to balance you know if you're working a full-time job a part-time job if you have a personal life or you know if you're <laughs> lucky enough to be a filmmaker with a personal life you know you can have that sense of frustration and almost resentment mm -hmm. when you don't feel like you're getting to focus on your own projects and as weird as it sounds, if you do five minutes of development a day, literally like write down a synopsis, even if it's dreadful, but you've prioritized and you've made time for your own projects and your own creative work. Again, it's a sense of relief and a sense of pride. And you get to go through the rest of your day, not resenting the other things that you have to do. And overall, you know, I know we don't like to talk a lot about health and mental well-being as filmmakers. But when you don't have that resentment for everything else you have going on in life, you will feel so much better and so much more creative. Amen. Yeah. Yes, preach. <laughs> I think that's definitely um, a new goal for, for 2023, y'all, Like, I Yeah, even if you're not inspired, but you have that time blocked out, you can figure out mm -hmm. what it is that you need to do instead. And I think... That's like how of where me and Tessa were just before this call, we have a deadline like literally today <laughs> and it's guys, it's New Year's Eve. So um, I've been struggling because I have had a crazy full-time job, had a crazy client right before the holidays. When you go for holidays, you want to have time for yourself for once, mm -hmm. but you can't because you have a deadline coming up. And so then, yeah, like for me, it's like that, that guilt of not getting to finally sit down and do stuff for, for your own film, for your own work. But then you're also like super drained. So you can't work if you're like completely uncharged. So I just found like, okay, you know what, what Tessa was even referring to. She was like, you know, if you have to, you know, put it off, put it off. And always when I feel a little bit more recharged, words just flow out better. Ideas just come. And even like we were campaigning before, and I'm sure all of you guys can relate when you're campaigning, it's really hard to be in a creative mindset when you're in, got your producing hat on, which I'd mm -hmm. love to hear if you have any thoughts about that. We'll get into that next, but just to wrap this up, it's just, I found that at least for this week to really power through, I just scheduled it like every early morning and after work, like a, an hour or two, an hour or two in the morning before work this week. And if I was tired, okay, fine. I gave up, <laughs> but I tried. <laughs> and then we were like, we're here to today, but like, we're definitely like, we've made progress. And again, it's just like you said, just scheduling that time. You're like making time for it. And it definitely has like, at least ease my stress into where we're at. And I think that's, that's definitely part of the magic, just being, you know, transparent about that. It's, it's not easy all. It's not easy at all. Um, but you gotta, you gotta smarter planning like that will definitely help. And I think in the new year, it is only going to get busier. You know, we're, we're back into full mode. 
So make time on that schedule for yourself as well for a facial and tea time, but also <laughs> for, for, yeah, I love that. It's, it'll definitely help organize. Um, so what I wanted to ask you though, was for, pr- I think you had mentioned, you know, how to coach filmmakers too, that don't want to do the producing on getting producers. What are some tips and tricks that they can have to approach those, those other producers? Cause I'm, you know, Sometimes we want to write and sometimes we want to film and sometimes we want to produce. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good question. Can I, do you want to know before we go into that, do you want to know my best tip for getting rid of creative blocks and writer's blocks? Absolutely. <laughs> because the reason, yeah, the reason I mention it is because I shared this on a masterclass and I literally got a DM from someone who ended up becoming one of my clients who said, I've had a creative block for almost 10 months now and you fixed it in 20 minutes. So <laughs> it's one of my favorite things to share with people. Okay, yes. So it's also a really good way of recharging yourself. If you're mm. getting to the end of the week and you're trying to do that development, development work and it's just not coming what you need to do is literally grab pen paper maybe go to a new environment because sometimes that helps and then all you have to do is write log lines for five minutes and so create or find on google a template for a log line Mm -hmm. and fill in the blanks literally that's it you could do um a short drama about a overworked filmmaker protagonist who and then you fill in the blanks for dream and obstacle so you could do a feature-length comedy about an overworked filmmaker who dreams of I don't know securing like yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean you just fill in the blanks and see what comes to mind who dreams of like securing the number one a-lister for her film but first must deal with I don't know, a crazy stalker. Like I'm never fully making this up. But the goal is to literally just fill in the blanks. Some of them will be dreadful and should never see the light of day. And that's fine. Some of them are word perfect. Some of them are like, there's a seed. There's a little bit of a spark to them. They need a little bit more finishing. Mm-hmm. But find five minutes in your week just to write log lines and fill in the blanks and see what comes out. And that will get you past any writer's block. And that will get you into that like creative writing mode, especially if you have a kind of life where you're jumping in and out of a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. If you're doing a very serious day job, if you suddenly finished, you know, dealing with admin or or paperwork or taxes or whatever, (laughs) and then you want to get into creative mode, write some log lines, set a timer for five minutes, (laughs) job done. You'll be amazed at what comes out of it. Um, But we find that's great yeah Yeah. it's like you know it's like tricking your brain almost you're like tricking that like creative switch to turn on yeah and I like that it's not necessarily about your even the project that you need to get done because it like gives you space from that for a second so you're not like oh okay the first thing on your mind is I have to get this next part done. I'm stressed out already. And what the fuck am I writing? And then, and then blah, blah, blah. So being able to kind of detach from that, still get in a creative space and then maybe even come back and be like, oh, well, you know, this actually made me start thinking about this scene anyways. And there you have it. So I I think that's really smart. Oh, yeah, it's one of my favorite things. It's almost like improv for actors where mm-hmm. you just mm. get into the feeling, you get into the scene, 
you can fully forget about everything else. And I think because especially when you're looking at it from the perspective of format, genre, protagonist, dream, obstacle, it creates almost this high level analysis to a project where you Mm -hmm. can literally see the bones of it. And that's really helpful when you're working on something else and you're really into the depths and it's all seeming a little bit murky, a little bit overwhelming. When you can take that step back and go, oh, cool, protagonist, dream, obstacle, the bones of it. It's going to allow you to just relax, get Mm -hmm. clear or, you know, get back into that clarity of what the idea really is and what it stands for. And then you can carry on from there. I love that. I think that's such good advice. And it's so simple too. You know, it's like you said, what, 20 minutes or whatever. Like it's just, it's such a short amount of time. It's so simple. And then, yeah, it can really just spark you and, and, who knows, maybe give you the next idea for your next film. And, you know, yes. just like, so simple. I love that. Oh my gosh, we should do a log line challenge. I hate log lines, <laughs> by the way, but like, let's do it. I'm going to force oh. myself. Right. I'm always you like good at amazed. messy. <laughs> what? You will be amazed at the random things that will come out. Some of them, yeah. again, are terrible and we don't share them. But some of them are like fully formed ideas. And you go, Okay, great. Let's go. That's yeah. a surprise. Brilliant. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> Brilliant. Put it in the vault, the idea vault. <laughs> I love that. Um, no, definitely going to steal that one too. Guys, I hope you have your pen and paper today because we're getting some good takeaways already. I'm so excited. So yeah. to my but next yes, producers. Producers, <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, for, for filmmakers even who don't want to produce how do they find you charlotte how do they find us what's the tip yeah it's a really good question (laughs) cut that out (laughs) (laughs) we we know what you mean it's fine be easy it's gonna it's gonna happen (laughs) um yeah it's a really good question it's the question i get ask the most above anything else so it's definitely not an isolated problem I think that's one of the biggest things people struggle with is feeling like it's just them that can't find a producer and no uh, if I had a pound for every time someone had asked me I would have a short film fund by now I'd be living a very different lifestyle um, <laughs> so it's obviously not just an isolated problem yeah. uh, the thing I think that's most important to do is really understand what type of producer it is that you're looking for mm. because again there's a lot of you know myths and misconceptions if you just want someone to do the budget and schedule then it means you're looking for a line producer and you can literally just hire someone in the same way that you hire an editor or mm-hmm. a spark or whatever if you want someone to fully lead the project with you and take over everything from financing to distribution planning hiring the crew managing casting the whole thing that is a standard producer and you don't hire those people. That is one of my biggest frustrations is people say, Mm -hmm. yeah, I just want to hire a producer. And I'm like, no, sweetie, you picked your producer. This is how it works. The only place you will find hiring a producer is really in the short film area. And again, it's a real frustration because so many filmmakers are in this short film area thinking, oh, I just have to hire a producer and maybe want to have enough money to pay them. It doesn't work like that when you get higher up, you pick to producers. So the sooner you get comfortable with working out exactly what kind of producer it is that you need and then get comfortable with pitching to them, honestly, that is more important than finding them. 
you can mm. find them and then annoy them by <laughs> saying, can I hire you for this thing? Yeah. And you kind of lost that connection. So understanding what kind of producer it is and then get clear on what it is you make. There is no use pitching a horror film to me because I have zero interest in horror. So getting clear on what it is that you make, finding producers that already have an interest and are making similar films. Mm -hmm. And you can literally do that with some Google searching. You know, go to local film festivals, find films on YouTube. That's one of the kind of longer ways around of doing it. But find films that you really enjoy that are similar to what you want to make and then find the producers behind those. Mm -hmm. Because as soon as you connect on passion and on interest and on the themes that you're both really interested in making films and telling stories about, that is way more beneficial than any kind of sleekly produced package that you can come up with. And I think, honestly, we go on a lot about finding producers, and it's going to sound really cheesy. Hear me out on this. Stick with me. (laughs) But Find yourself as a filmmaker first before you try and find anyone else. Mm -hmm. There are people that I will talk to and you can tell they're so focused on just making this one film because I'll say, okay, cool. Where do you want to end up? Like, what kind of films do you make? Who is your target audience? Who do you feel like will, who do you feel will get value from your films? And they've never considered it. And it's no, you know, like a bad reflection on them. Again, like a lot of this doesn't get talked about. But if you can't tell me what it is you make films about and why we're going to be interested or how we're interested in the same things, Mm -hmm. then I'm going to be a lot less receptive to getting to the film part of the chat because we work with people. We don't work with films. Mm -hmm. And so everyone has to know that you are going to be a good fit to work with. And that doesn't mean being polite or being super helpful or anything like that. It just means, are you a good fit to work together in the same way as you would think, am I going to be a good friend with this person or are they just going to annoy the hell out of me? <laughs> yeah. It's exactly the same. So finding yourself first as a filmmaker. And then honestly, there are so many ways. My favorite way is Facebook groups. I mean, really high quality ones, not the mm-hmm. ones that are like, I need 10,000 pounds, invest here. Like, not those kind of groups. <laughs> The really high quality ones, especially if they are local or semi-local to you and your area. And all you're going to do is a quick introductory post where you say, hey, everyone, I've been in this group for a little while and just wanted to introduce myself. My name is so-and-so. I make films about X, Y, Z. Right now I am growing my network of producers or whoever it is that you want to reach out to. I would love to connect with you if you're interested in making films that are about, again, X, Y, Z feel free to DM me or email me here. Mm -hmm. And that's it. It's a very short, simple, super sweet post. I make all of my clients post something similar like that somewhere on the internet. They all hate me for it. They all do it in the (laughs) end. And honestly, I had one client, she texted me. She was like, I'm so mad at you, Charlotte. I shared that post to a Facebook group and it has 183 comments and it's only (laughs) 24 hours. How do you think I'm going to reply to all of these people? <laughs> and so it's it, once you get it right, it, it's really a powerful thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the secret to making it a really powerful post is getting clear on your unique brilliance as a filmmaker. And that is literally one sentence that starts with, I make films about... So for me, I could go into meetings and say, I make films about... Uh, 
like a female-led narrative drama. Like that's my mm-hmm. kind of thing. And it's technically accurate, like nine times out of ten. Uh, but how many other people are making female-led narrative drama? I'm right. at the bottom of a very long list. I am no one's first choice in that list. Mm-hmm. So instead I go in and say I make films about dreamers who dare to do things differently. And that is my thing. Yeah. And so when we figure out what it is that you love and the stories that you're drawn to and you have that one sentence of I make films about, you will magnetically draw the right kind of collaborators to you. Because as soon as someone says, oh, that's interesting, tell me more about that. Like mm-hmm. you've already won the conversation. Yes. You don't get asked to tell people about it in this industry. They'll say, oh, cool. Good luck with that. And then leave you alone quite quickly. Yeah. So hey, if you have homework saying, for the film. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of st- before you get into the five log lines, try five different I make films about and find yes. your one. I I, think I mean that it's almost a log line for you. Like, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I am struggling with money, favorite. but <laughs> <laughs> that is we will make a film at the end. No, I yeah. that is that is so so huge and important because. When you are talking to financiers or producers, like anyone, that is who they want to know. And mm-hmm. when I'm having those conversations, I always ask them back because it ain't all about you. Like you said, you mm-hmm. want to see if you are both a good fit. I always mm-hmm. ask them in return. You should ask your producer that you're meeting with or the financier, like, what do you get excited about? What kind of films really speak to you? And that way you can kind of get to hear where there are. And if they're just not, it's not the same taste, honey, then you know, it's yeah. not going to be a good fit. So you don't waste either of your time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And as soon as you give people that sentence, it's either going to be an immediate yes or an immediate no. When it's an immediate no, you go, oh, thank God, we've saved so much time and uncertainty and start to feel insecure about yourself and what you do. Thank God for that. <laughs> yeah. Whereas when it's an immediate yes, They will remember, honestly, there are people that I've met at events like three years ago and I said, oh, I make films about dreamers who dare to do things differently. They will come up to me three years later and say, oh, hey, I remember you make films about dreamers. Like these sentences stick out in the brain and that is what you need as a filmmaker. You need to be clear on what you make that nobody else makes and it all kind of roots back to what you love. So any films that you've loved, you know, since the age of like three, mm-hmm. there is a fair chance you'll be able to find a link between all of your favorite films. And that will be your tagline. That will be that sentence. And it's the first thing I do with all of my clients. I ask them what are their favorite films and TV shows. And it's like a weird party trick that I have where I can mm-hmm. figure out what that sentence is going to be based on their films and their TV shows. Yeah, I love that. And I do just want to point out, um, really quickly that you mentioned like, you know, sometimes a no is a blessing in itself because it's like, okay, you know, you're not going to waste your time with that person. You know, you're not like, you just move on to the next thing because, you know, in this industry, no matter what it is specifically you do, there's a lot of no's, there's a lot of rejection and it can feel disheartening sometimes, you know, but honestly it's a blessing because then, you know, nobody's wasting their time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Exactly. That's the thing I love the most about the tagline. Like we can talk about finding producers for as long as you want and we probably will. Um, But the thing that will make the biggest difference is when you have that tagline, there is this amazing sense of confidence that comes from that because you're no longer trying to compete with every other writer director that's also making short dramas or whatever, or that also wants to end up directing feature films. 
you are in you know a league of your own where you're not having to compete with anyone else and the confidence that comes from that feeling that is the biggest obstacle for every filmmaker I have ever met is the fact that deep down they are not confident enough like I can make it as simple as you want me to with daily tasks and your weekly schedule and here's how you're going to find producers and everything else and it can be as left brain and organized as you want it to be but deep down if you don't feel that confidence in yourself and in your work that's going to get in the way every single time and it's never really a personal issue it is an issue with the fact that guaranteed you will have had at least one person in your life tell you that you are a complete idiot for trying to make a film career work and you will have had at least five re- rejections if not nearer 50 because that's just how this industry works and so it's never really a personal issue when you don't have that confidence it's more of an experience issue there is no way you're going to get to this point in the film industry and not feel like a complete <laughs> failure at least once a week <laughs> yeah for each girl. I love that. <laughs> it's it's something we have to learn to be I I think the best thing that I've I've started to like just say to myself is like be okay to make those mistakes. Be okay to get those rejections, those failures mm-hmm. because that means you're actually trying something hard. <laughs> like yeah. if everything is just like yes, 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 maybe you end up with again like the wrong person to produce. They they turn out to be an asshole and demand that you take your film into a different direction. Um mm-hmm. maybe if you got the funding up front you wouldn't have perfected your story better like maybe you would have been like yeah it's good enough and you wouldn't have the more time to develop it creatively there's always I think it's not like a way to kind of say that you shouldn't be upset ever like we can all be upset Mm. but give yourself that time to uh that slack of if you're feeling not confident it's coming from that you're going through something really difficult so find mm-hmm. things that make you feel empowered like your reason you like I feel like when you know what your films are about there's a stronger reason behind that and so when Tessa and I go pitch sync to people we're talking about the messages always first we we kind of mm-hmm. then end up telling them what the story is about like mm-hmm. actually like halfway through the conversation we're like oh by the way yeah so it's about this girl blah 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 but we always just start having a natural conversation about the messages and why like do you think tech is like this do you feel this way about social media it's these natural like conversations that kind of like lead you there and and help you feel more confident in what you're you're telling and if mm-hmm. your story ain't that deep, then find someone who's like not that deep about it. Like, you know, they're like, no, the man, that sounds cool. Yeah. Like, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, especially when you're able to connect with people on that deeper level. I think, again, especially when we're so focused on just make the film or like just make mm-hmm. this one film, it means that you can end up going through so many closed doors. And honestly, it's such a wasted opportunity. It is way more effective to schedule. 10 meetings with 10 different producers and have every single one of them say that your idea is not for them Mm -hmm. but they are interested overall in what you're working on Mm. because when you look at it again from a super high level perspective how long do you want your film career to be because I'm going to bet it's around 30 years maybe longer and if you want to start from scratch every single time with just finding one producer for this one project you are massively slowing yourself down 
Whereas if you've had 10 meetings over the course of two weeks and every single person has said, I'm a bit too busy right now, or it's just not for me or whatever, but let's catch up another time. Mm -hmm. Like that is a connection that you can have for the next 30 years. That Mm -hmm. is so much more valuable than whoever you can find just to get this film made now. Yeah. I think that's really important. Yeah. It's, it's so smart. It's, you know, I mean, and, I, I always kind of relate things back to the to acting um, just because that's where Carolina and I started. But, you know, it's about like selling yourself and not just booking that one audition. You know, mm-hmm. it's the same way with filmmaking. It's about selling your career and what it is that you do, not just that one film. Because like you said, it's like, yeah, it's 30 years could be your trajectory. You know, however long it is, like once you start building those relationships, these people are going to cycle through your life. You might, you know, connect with someone who loves what you do, but they're not interested in this particular film and then not talk to them really for like 10 years, you know, maybe you follow each other on social media or whatever. And they come back into your life and all of a sudden they're producing your fifth feature film, you know? So yeah, it always, it always comes around. It's always, um, it's like a cyclical thing, but you have to build that foundation first. Well, even, yeah, yeah, for actors too, like you can, if you booked the room and not the audition, then you know that if they ended up going with, you know, this A-list celeb anyways, (laughs) okay, but they're like, God, I really loved Tessa, they Mm -hmm. are going to remember, so the next time she comes in, they'll already have that impression, and same thing when you're pitching your films, it's like, they got to love you, I think what we keep coming back to is people want to work with you as a filmmaker not mm-hmm. just the film itself you said it so beautifully earlier we're gonna have to just replay that on like a loop <laughs> um uh because that was so well said it's like people want to work for yeah with filmmakers and and the films are just the product of it so that's why we always go back to being just a kind person and a nice person <laughs> in general like and 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 when you make when you work on other sets because you don't know who maybe you make a connection with that you'd hire for your own project we can go on and on about that but I think what you said is so so important and also though know that it does take time so starting yeah. out doing shorts um that's what we did I and and writing just in general you'll like start to learn the themes that really start to resonate what comes out of you. Cause I didn't know what I was really saying when I first started this journey, what I would Tessa and I knew period pieces. And funny enough, I do think everything we've written and worked on is like a period piece in a sense. They're very like this own kind of world that's still familiar. It's not super periody. I don't know. It's, it's our twist on that, like reinventing those archetypes. And, but we've, we've had to keep like, figuring that out in each thing that we made where like we can start to see that pattern so Mm -hmm. I would say Charlotte and like let me know what you think that I still think it's okay if you don't know that quite yet but start to like do little things here and there and and it'll come out of you eventually you'll start to notice it more and more yeah I mean really it's up to everyone some people really like that process of figuring it out through different films and some people are like no, it's going to bug me. Let's figure out what this is and start as I mean to go on. And again, like there's never any really wrong way of doing things in the in the industry. Mm-hmm. So I have a fast track version and we do it in like an hour and a half and it's done and forever. But it also, you know, the downside of that is that you don't get that process of figuring it out through the entire writing and through the filmmaking. And for some people, you know, making those first two or three short films where they're messy and you don't feel like you know what you're doing or what you're saying, 
that for them is way more valuable than us going through a workbook together and clarifying the whole thing and having it in black and white by the end of it. It's entirely up to each person. But at the end of it, as long as you know and you are confident and you're clear on what makes you different as a filmmaker and what mm-hmm. makes it a you film, mm-hmm. that's that's the goal that everyone needs to end up at. It doesn't yes. really matter how you get there necessarily. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, one other thing I do really want to talk about before we wrap is um, you mentioned like just kind of daily things that you suggest that people do. And yeah, I just want to get into that because I don't want to reveal all your secrets. I want people to come to you for coaching, but like you've given us so many good little pieces of advice and tips and tricks today. So I'd like to get into that a little bit too. Oh, it's one of my favorite questions because as soon as someone gives me their calendar, I'm like, I, I can't even tell you how exciting I find it. I'm I'm a real nerd. I've really sold that in this. <laughs> I love it. We love nerds. Um, We're all big nerds. Yes. So again, it's it depends on you and what you already have going on. You can either do this daily or you can do it weekly, but there are three things that you need to be doing. So development, as we've already mentioned, is one of them. And it can be anywhere from five minutes to three hours. Like figure out how you want it to look like. If you have a crazy job, do two hours on a Saturday, call it quits. If you have a more relaxed, open kind of day, you might find 20 minutes every single day to do one development task. And again, that's anything from writing a logline to the synopsis to doing a full pitch deck, maybe actually starting the first draft, but break it down into super small steps. Mm -hmm. Everyone just says, write the script. And I'm like, how mean is that? (laughs) That's the equivalent of saying like, okay, lose 40 pounds. No, that's a really big thing. You can't just do it. So break it down into small things and do a development task every single day or once a week or however it works out for you. Networking is the next thing. And again, this might be posting to a Facebook group and getting 183 comments and seriously regretting posting to a Facebook (laughs) group. Uh, It might be sending an email to someone. It might be as simple as leaving a comment on an Instagram or a Facebook group post. You know, networking falls into two categories of making new connections and nurturing existing ones. Mm -hmm. Don't just send out a bunch of cold emails and then forget about someone until they become useful to you again because people yes. sense that they they feel that um but networking whether it's five minutes a day whether it's one hour every single week as long as it's effective and you enjoy it done don't make it any more complicated than that I used to drive myself crazy with like three networking events a week I'm an introvert why would I do that to myself <laughs> <laughs> that was the worst idea I'd, I'd, I'd ever had so for me social media and emailing and zoom calls I love that. Networking is the most fun thing to me now. But again, daily, weekly, however it works out for you. And then the last thing is marketing. And everyone gets terrified when I say this one. (laughs) Everyone thinks networking is the scary one. Marketing, they will freak out. Um, (laughs) Fundamentally, as a filmmaker, you have an audience. Whether you know it or not, whether you want to accept it or not, you make things, people watch your things, therefore you have an audience. Mm -hmm. So the sooner you can figure out who they are Mm -hmm. and what kind of value they get from what you make, and you can start communicating that on a daily or weekly basis, ah, magic happens. That's when you start getting messages from people saying, I've just seen the trailer, where can I watch the film? Like complete strangers will reach out to you to tell you how excited they are for your film. Mm -hmm. And again, when you have 
all of the rejection that you will have in this industry, it is genuinely messages like that that will keep you going for months on end. So marketing, whether that is an Instagram story or a YouTube video, or maybe you have a mailing list and you send out a newsletter once a month, however it is that you like to grow your community and stay in touch with them and nurture them, however it is you like to do it, do it daily, weekly, again, depends on your schedule. But when you do these things consistently, it is so much more effective, not just for you and your well-being, for feeling like you're getting stuff done. It is so much more effective than trying to force yourself into making this next short film as soon as you possibly can, even though you have to spend all your own money on it and you can't find a producer. And so you're really just like, it is way more effective to just say, okay, networking, development, marketing, tick, I'm done for the day or I'm done for the week. And we don't make it any more complicated than that. I love that. It's because it's all such like, it's all attainable. It's all doable things. It's all, it doesn't feel abstract. Like you don't know how to get to that next point or whatever. You know, it's just all laid out things you can check off a box. I'm a Virgo. I love a checklist. Like (laughs) it's perfect, you know, but then it is also flexible and it allows you to, okay, you know, today I really want to focus on the developmental like section of it. And then I know that I'm just going to post this one story to Instagram and that's going to be my marketing for the day. And, you know, so yeah, it's just, it's such a good system that I think can work for everybody, no matter what your strengths and weaknesses are or where your energy is in that moment, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I would say like another tip and trick that Tessa and I can't preach enough on this podcast. So you guys probably have heard it before is doing batch tasks. Like we love it if, you know what, um, we have to do a bunch of FemRegard podcast posts, then I will have a day where I know I'm really going to try and knock out not just one, but a couple. And mm-hmm. then, you know, pass that task on to Tessa. And that's how she goes. And she'll spend like a whole day, like getting a bunch of them done. So we'll like, if you're working with yourself or with a partner, just like being able to be like, you know what, today, this is what I'll get done because I'm not in the writing mode because I'm having Christmas cookies with the fam, but I want to get some work done. Um, Like, that's literally what I'll, I'll do. I'll be like, okay, fine. It's social media today. Like, I'm doing something. Like, again, it goes back to what we talked about earlier. It's doing something for your work and yourself. And so yeah. I think that is so, so helpful. So I think that that's like the other little thing is like, you know, if you are able to get if you have time, of course, to get a couple of more things done while you're already there, might as well. And then you can mm-hmm. just schedule it and know like, all right, that's being taken care of for the week or the month. Yeah. And I would like to mention too, if you do have a partner like Carolina and I are, um, I think like before the pandemic, when everything wasn't as remote, you know, we'd always be like, well, we have to get together and have a work session and, you know, that sort of thing. But like, now we do almost everything remote, honestly, and our schedules are completely opposite right now. Yeah. So, you know, finding those days where it's like, okay, I know for me, I'm off today. Today's going to be a femme day. I'm just going to do femme regard work all day. And Carolina works all day. So it's like, hey, if you're just available for me to like bounce things off of you via text, that's all I need from you today. I'll get all this stuff done. And then we switch off or whatever, you know, so just I think that's important to highlight too, whether it's, you know, an actual like co-producer that you work with all the time or whether it's project specific, whatever it is, like being able to, you know, do that for yourself, set that system up for yourself and then also make that work with your partner. So there's balance. (laughs) Yeah. I would actually ask uh, you, Charlotte, do you have any duos that you work with and, and speak to or 
um, have you met someone who's interested in, in that? Because I think sometimes I do see people outside of me and honestly, I, what would I do without Tessa? Like, <laughs> it's just, it is a lot. And sometimes I, I would encourage people when I see them really struggling, like maybe you do need that other partner out there to find and help you balance. Um, is that something that you find at all in your clients sometimes? Or I mean, honestly, that's probably why they hire you. You help them keep on it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really funny. I think that when you have any kind of support in place, whether that is, you know, you hire me as a coach or whether you have a co-producing partner or whatever, the biggest result that you get from that is consistency. And when you have that consistency, that's where the confidence comes in. Yeah. And this is one of the biggest things that everyone who works with me says by the end of the program. And it's really difficult, actually, because you try and come up with um, kind of like program promises from like a sales perspective. And I'm like, how do I explain that they're going to feel so much more confident because they've got more done? <laughs> like, yeah. how do I explain this? Um, and usually I don't, I don't even try. Um, <laughs> but having any kind of support yeah. in place, that will be the biggest thing. Because if you don't have anyone checking up on you, if you don't have anyone who knows what your vision is and what you're trying to work towards, then guaranteed there's a fair chance you're going to put it off. And that's a whole separate conversation about self-respect and having that confidence in yourself. But when you have someone else to go through it with you, you know, you respect that other person. Mm -hmm. And so right. when you said, oh, I'm going to do this, you don't just not do it, right? You respect right. them because you've said you're going to do this thing. So you do this yeah. thing. Whereas with it's just you on your own and you don't have anyone that you've promised to do that thing other than yourself, it's yeah. really easy to say, oh, I can't do it today because X, Y, Z, or I'll do it tomorrow. And as soon as you keep doing that, then you end up in this cycle of removing it, that sense of self-trust because you don't keep your word to yourself. Mm -hmm. And so when you start to lose that sense of trust in yourself, then your confidence wanes. And then everything else goes around in a really bad spiral and nothing good comes from it. So yeah, absolutely. Having any kind of support, whether that is a writing group that you found on Facebook somewhere, whether it is a coach that you hire and you have weekly calls and they keep you on track with to-do lists, whether that is someone at your production company, if you're at that level yet, whoever it is, they will make such a world of difference because they will make sure you actually do the things that you've said that you're going to do. Yeah, I love that. This whole episode has been like so, it, it's so funny because it's like, it, it's all such like simple, achievable things. And it's all such advice that like, of course that makes sense, you know, but it's so hard to like figure that out and think of it yourself. And especially when you feel like bogged down by rejections or you're just overworked or whatever it is, you know? So it's really, really helpful. I think I know for me, for sure. And for our listeners to, to hear these things and to hear like, it's not it's that therapy. hard. Yeah. It's <laughs> I'm sure you do a lot of that, Charlotte. And like, yeah. I can tell that's it's someone, it is important to have someone like you in the film career space. Uh, of one's film life because it is it is really hard to just even debrief on your own like you're, you're talking to yourself yeah. you're trying to set deadlines with yourself um so no you sound like an incredibly valuable asset 
to one's like film path. I'm so glad we got you on the show. You're literally welcome on anytime. Um, <laughs> so where can our fabulous listeners who might be interested in consulting with you or, mm-hmm. I mean, guys, I, I've fallen in love with her social media page. It's actually where I <laughs> think I first noticed you too. Your reels are yeah. epic and also so clear about like the things we discussed today. Just very straightforward stuff that sometimes you're like, yeah, no shit. That's, yeah, duh, duh, that's, <laughs> that's on the checklist. So, um, yeah, let our followers know where they can find you. Oh, thank you. I'm so pleased we got time to make this happen. Again, I know with time zones, it's always hilarious, but I'm so <laughs> glad that I'm currently sat on my floor at nine o'clock on New Year's Eve in the evening. Oh my because... God, right? It's New Year's Eve too over there. Okay. Yeah. We got to get you out before the ball drops, honey. You got to have a glass of champagne. Got to do it. It was, it was really funny though. Before this, I literally posted a reel of like the recap of 2022. And in the caption, I said like, I'm spending New Year's Eve prepping for a podcast and writing a blog post. Like, I'm happy. This is my <laughs> yeah. thing. This is my New Year's Eve. <laughs> yeah. So I'm really delighted that we're here. Uh, but yeah, Instagram, I am Charlotte Producers. My website is charlotteproducers.com. And I run 20 minute game plan calls where we literally get on Zoom. We figure out what your big goals are, what your obstacles are currently, and we map out out your custom game plan for what you need to focus on first in order to start hitting those targets yeah so if you go to charlotteproducers.com forward slash call then you get my entire calendar and job done (laughs) that's amazing we might have to jump on one of those after like all the holiday stuff is finished we're back on track let's chat let's definitely chat oh my gosh we're and we're we're gonna plug this in the newsletter too we gotta gotta Mm -hmm. let everyone know so make sure you're also subscribed to the femregard newsletter because we love to find people like yourself who are doing such amazing work to help us in this crazy journey of filmmaking. I like yeah, always feel like dramatic. a crazy person when I'm like, yeah, the medic. Um, <laughs> like when I'm like, it's the crazy film, but that's what it is. It's insane. Yeah. Like it is not easy, but we, we still somehow love it. Just remember that yeah. you love it. Yeah. You're here. We're here for you, fam. Yes. <laughs> and listeners, if you aren't subscribed yet and you want to know how, you can either go to our Instagram link in bio. There's a link just directly in there. You can put in your email or go to our website, femregard.com, and it will pop up as soon as you get there. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much, Charlotte. Happy New Year. You guys are all very to be listening to this post New Year's, but we also <laughs> wish you all a very happy New Year and the start. This is a this has been an amazing episode to have for the new year. So thank you so much, Charlotte. Oh, thank you. I'm so, so happy to be here. Thanks for listening to FemRegard Podcast. If you like what you hear, tune in every Friday for more tips on the filmmaking business and insightful conversations with industry professionals. We can only grow with your support. So please subscribe, share, rate, and review. You can also join the FemFam on Patreon. For more on us, check us out at femregard.com. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.